This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here you go. Here you go. You'll never walk alone. Nothing personal phrase of the day. You will never walk alone. Anybody know what that is? I had no idea what that was until 2009. And then I learned that is the anthem for the Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool in the English Premier League clinched their first Premier League championship in 30 years. They did it yesterday. Today is Friday, June 26th, 2020. Whenever you're listening to this, it happened on June 25th. Liverpool is a soccer team, except they call it a football team. One of the big six in the English Premier League. Kudos if you can name the big six. I'm going to try right now because Coca pre-show told me the big six. It's highly unlikely that I'll remember, but let me try. Liverpool... Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal. That's four. Ugh. Liverpool, Man U, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham Spurs. That's the big six. It's a league. I, so here's how I grew up. I grew up a huge basketball fan. I grew up in the United States. Huge fan of the Knicks, loved the NFL, loved Major League Baseball, loved the National Hockey League. I was Knicks, I was Giants, I was Rangers, and I was Yankees. I would watch all sorts of sports, never watched soccer, never played soccer. During recess, we would play Kill the Carrier, we would play Dodgeball, we'd play Gaga, but I didn't play soccer. Knowing, of course, that soccer is the biggest sport in the world. I first learned to be jealous of soccer when I got into baseball in 1999, when the way they operate in terms of brand affinity was something that I wanted for my team, whether it was the Expos or the Marlins. I wanted people to love our baseball team the way people in the English Premier League, the way those fans loved their team the way they interacted with their team. It took 10 years in the sport before I made the trek. Some would say it's a pilgrimage. In 2009, I went to what is called the, I completely forgot what it's called, the Northwest Derby. Is that possible what it's called? The Northwest Derby? I think it's Derby or Derby. I can't remember. But in any case, that is when Manchester United plays Liverpool. They call it the Northwest Derby. There's a stadium in Liverpool called Anfield. What I used to do, because back in 2009, we were just beginning to finalize the deal to build Marlins Park. I'd spent years touring facilities all over the country. 
learning from mistakes, walking around, taking best practices. Then I went to Anfield. I've never experienced a game like I experienced at Anfield. Back then in 2009, Tom Hicks owned Liverpool and Tom Hicks owned the Texas Rangers. You may not know that name. Tom Hicks went bankrupt, basically, had to sell the Rangers, had to sell Liverpool. He sold it to another MLB owner named John Henry. Yes, you've heard about John Henry, the same John Henry who owns the Red Sox, who used to own the Marlins. So I get to Anfield. I was staying in Manchester, which, by the way, Manchester, England, if you want to go to a city that's not London, that's not Paris, that's not New York, it's not Miami, it's not L.A., you go to Manchester, you can be up all night partying, dancing. It is one of the top 10 most fun cities I have ever been to, ever. So you wake up, hopefully not in a pool of your own vomit. You get in a car, you drive to Liverpool. We got to Liverpool in time to do some sightseeing. Liverpool is the place where the Cavern Club is. That's where the Beatles first started. You look around, there's museums. You walk around, it's a game day for Liverpool. And man, you. I figured it's a game day. What, what am I going to see? And then I saw. It was insanity. The pregame festivities start in the morning. There are tens of thousands of people outside of Anfield. There are parades. There are demonstrations. They wanted Tom Hicks at that time. They couldn't stand Tom Hicks. They hated the owner. I was very much able to identify with that. They hated the team president. They hated anyone associated with management calling for them to be eliminated, sell the team because they hadn't won. And Liverpool is a, a big six. You got to win more than once every 30 years. So there's chanting, there's singing, there's drinking, there's tailgating. There is a level of ruach, which means a level of spirit that I had never seen at any sporting event I'd ever been to before. And I hadn't even walked into the building yet. This was a pregame atmosphere and not like Lambeau Field, not like Yankee Stadium or Shea Stadium or Wrigley Field, not like Wrigleyville, not like the area around Fenway Park. It's not comparable in any way. I was taking mental notes the entire time. How do I move this experience to, my, to Miami? How do I do that? Then I enter Anfield. Anfield is an old ballpark. It's a stadium. The concession stands, old. The ingress and egress, horrible. We actually said I was with three friends. We travel to sporting events around the world each year. Not sure what we're going to do in 2020. It's called the Cultural Exchange Club. We are exchanging culture around the world. We've been to the World Sumo Wrestling Championships in Fukuoka, to the Grand Prix in Macau, the Asian Beach Games in Phuket. We went to an NFL game in London, an NHL game in Montreal, World Polo Championships in Buenos Aires. We've, we've gotten around. So we wanted to see what it would be like to go to an EPL game. And I said, I got to do this for work anyway. 
quote unquote, let's go. You walk into Anfield, the tunnel that you walk through to access your seat only goes three wide. It's so thin that it looks like you're at the Colosseum in Rome. And then you walk out and you see the field and the sea of people. And it is awe-inspiring. And the game wasn't starting for about 45 minutes. All of a sudden, we sit in our seats and a song breaks out. You'll never walk alone. A chant. The emotion of the fan base was so heightened that I had the epiphany before the puck dropped that there was no way to bring this experience to the United States. And then I started thinking about why that is. And I realized that in Liverpool and in other places around England, it is not just adults who are obsessed with soccer and the EPL. It's kids. And the obsession these kids have is based both on supply and demand. There's no other major sports. Some NFL games, but a pittance. Baseball hadn't been there yet. NBA, their star players they love, but not the game. They love the player. The academies that these teams run for kids gives them a love of soccer and a desire to play, and it is such good business. They invest tens of millions of dollars in youth soccer to build them up as fans and in the rare occurrence like a shooting star to develop a player. If the players aren't good enough in the academy, they move on in their lives to other professions, but what they don't lose is their brand affinity to their team. It is so deep that it makes the Yankees Red Sox look like they are Marlins Rays in terms of a rivalry, in terms of a rabid fan base. There's a section during the game for Manchester United fans. It's like guarded. It's the visitor's section. You don't root for Man U if you're in the Liverpool part of the stadium, and you don't root for Liverpool if you're in the Man U part. And this isn't about rioting. This isn't about violence, though it's happened from time to time when people drink too much. Do you know that during the game, there's chanting back and forth? There is amazing crowd involvement. You know what there's not? Hawkers up and down the aisle selling beer. Do you know what there's not? Excuse me, coming through. Sorry, excuse me, coming through. Sorry, excuse me one second. Coming. Sorry, thanks, sorry, excuse me. That's what you do when you get up in the middle of an inning and want to go get a beer and a hot dog from the concession stand. Guess how many fans get out of their seats during the course of a Liverpool Man U game at Anfield? The over-unders won. Which way are you going to go? Go under because they would rather pee in their pants than miss one second of the match. I'm not kidding. They're not getting online to get an extra beer. They're bringing four in before halftime. Then they're going out during the half, waiting online, making a bet, bringing four more in for the second half. 45 minutes per half plus extra time. That's the investment of the game. It's a 95-minute game. 
plus the halftime, which is, I don't know, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes at most? You know what you're getting. You party all day. You bring your family. You go with your friends. You go with clients. You go, you go, you go, no matter what. And if you can't get in the stadium, you're outside the stadium. Just doesn't happen that way in the U.S. It will never happen that way in the U.S. Not for lack of trying, but for lack of investment. I could cure it, I think. Major League Baseball is doing an interesting job. They're trying to invest in youth baseball. Major League Soccer is trying to imitate EPL. Syria, ah, La Liga. They're trying to figure out how to get people to love soccer here in the U.S. They're beginning to have academies starting that process. But in the U.S., as Coca so perfectly put out during our pre-show meeting, there's so many choices that American kids have. So many different sports. How can you expect them to have that sort of love and affinity to one? It won't work that way. Well, it could, but the level of investment and the number of years and decades it would take is something that no current owner wants to do. It is very hard to get an owner of a sport to plant a tree whose shade he will not enjoy. They all claim, and I did too when I was running a team, that my job is to do things that I won't get to enjoy forever, that I always told you that I was holding the, uh, the, the ball, but I didn't use that, in, in, in track and field, Coca, the baton, that I was holding the baton for the next president. I really believe that. But at the same time, if I'm asked to make a multi-million dollar investment in an academy, I'm going to do it as maybe part of being responsible from a community standpoint. But if I'm short of money and I'm losing money, that's the place where I'm going to look to cut or I'm going to want the academy to run on its own. That's not the way to do it. You've got to have the long-term view like they do in the EPL and in those cities, but it takes time and it takes a level of effort that I'm not convinced that anyone here in the States will ever do. MLB came out, they're playing ball. Remember the show earlier this week? I think it was this week or last week. I can't remember. I think my word of the day was play ball. I can't remember what day it was. But that was the sign that spring training is about to start around July 1. And the season is going to kick off with two games on July 23rd and then 13 on July 24th. Although my guess is there'll be 15 games on July 24th, but it'll be game two for four of the teams and opening day for the other 26. How does that work? How does the schedule work? Well, I've done a nothing personal moment about it, but I want to explain something. There is a very big misunderstanding going on and I want to cure it for you. People are saying, given COVID-19, why can't we eliminate all of the blackout rules in baseball. Blackout rules mean that when you are in a certain territory, you do not have the ability to watch teams that are from outside your territory. Other than by buying the extra innings package. That's when you spend money and you can watch any team any day. Why not just lift the blackouts? The answer is the TV contracts don't allow it. When the TV, con the TV networks, 
let's say Fox or now it's Sinclair or when teams have their own networks, when they do rights deals with the baseball team where they are buying the right to show those games, they are buying the exclusive right in the home territory of that team. And those home territories are dictated by the rules of Major League Baseball. The Marlins have a territory. It's South Florida and a few areas in Northern Florida and even a few areas in a few bordering states. Tampa has the Tampa area and a few other areas in Florida. They're not going to waive the blackout rules. Too much money involved. Okay. What's the next thing that people are complaining about? Well, given that there's no fans, they're saying, when the schedule comes out, there better be more afternoon games. As a matter of fact, why don't we schedule games at 10 a.m., noon, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m., and 10 p.m.? Let's have games all day long. Bring some attention to baseball. Let people watch it all day while they're quarantined. Hmm. Well, the schedule is going to come out right now. MLB teams will play 60 games, 30 home, 30 on the road. They're going to play 40 of those games within their division, 20 games interleague against the opposite division in the opposite league. AL West plays NL West, AL East, NL East, etc. There will not be more afternoon games. Why? Money, TV, when the networks are buying the rights to show the games, we work with the networks to provide them games in prime time, in the slots, the nighttime 7 p.m. slot. That's why when your team's on the West Coast, your game starts at 10 p.m. because it's prime time for the home team, 7 p.m. Afternoon games are watched by fewer people. No, your argument is everyone's in quarantine. They're now going to watch more in the afternoon. No, it's not how it works. People in quarantine are looking for jobs or they're doing their jobs or they're dealing with their kids or the kids are out doing things. Afternoon games get lower ratings, period. Why do you think the Chicago Cubs lobbied the city of Chicago so hard to put lights at Wrigley Field? Do you think they did that because they thought it would be good for the game? We want night games because it's the best thing for the people of Chicago. No, it's because of TV. Now, some teams will tell you they like playing the night games because it's easier for fans to come to the night games than the afternoon games. Who likes a midweek day game? They're always partially attended, at least in my experience. Well, we can do the businessman special. Make it a camp day. Make it a special weather day. Do a special promotion. Lunch at the park. Dogs at the park. Bark in the park. Still fewer people. Lower average ticket price. Lower ratings. The networks don't want it. Mark my words. When the schedule is released, there will be the exact same number of afternoon games as there always are, not one more. And they'll all be based on the travel of the clubs, not for the convenience of the fans. Now, you may be saying to yourself that there aren't going to be fans at the game. 
or maybe there will be in some places, but not other places. I've been on HQ a lot, radio. Question asked immediately. Tell me, how is baseball going to work when in Texas, they are saying, the governor, that they can have up to 50% capacity? In Florida, they're saying, the mayor, there can be fans at Marlins games. The president of the Cubs is saying, you were planning on fans at Wrigley. But what happens in places where there can't be fans? Those teams have an unfair home advantage, right? Because they have fans. Even 5,000 fans, by the way, is still an advantage, albeit smaller than other places where you have 30,000 fans, but an advantage nonetheless. Sorry, Wilson. I just touched Wilson again. Globe Life Field is the new ballpark in Texas. Globe Life Field announced yesterday that they will begin in their inaugural season. And I've already told you I feel sorry for Texas, the Texas Rangers. It's a nightmare to build a new ballpark and have it open in 2020. It's a nightmare that they haven't been able to get the systems rolling to see what all the kinks are. Because I assure you, when you open a new ballpark, you will find things that are wrong every single day for the first year. If you're lucky, it's only a year. You can prepare and prep and rehearse for everything until you put on an event. You will not know how the ballpark breathes and lives and operates. We had manuals at Marlins Park on how to do everything. We were rewriting the manuals all through the rest of my career from 2012 to 2017 because you're learning new things about your park, about the operation of the roof, about the wind, about what conditions are better for the players, about the grass, about fan movement, ingress and egress. Which concession stands are being used more often? You analytically look at everything. You anecdotally walk the park and make decisions. But Globe Life Field has said, as we start this season, we are going to start selling tickets right now. Our capacity is now 20,000. That's all they said. Except they added one teeny tiny phrase. We are selling you tickets, but we don't know whether those tickets will be honored. Huh? Ooh, that's called the CG, folks. The Texas Rangers are doing the old CG. It's a cash grab. They're trying to get people to buy tickets knowing that they have no idea whether or not, A, the season is actually going to happen to completion. Will they get all their 30 games? They had to do a full refund plan because that was part of the three-month break that's happened. Now they want people to rebuy tickets in the newly configured Globe Life Field where social distancing will be practiced. Groups will sit together. If you're a group of four, you'll be together, but you won't be near a group of six. They'll split up the different seating sections. Buy tickets. By the way, the first eight rows are going to have to be empty, the NFL said. MLB hasn't said a word about that. What? MLB released a document today that said that players will be sitting in the stands practicing social distancing. Have they told the Rangers where the players are going to sit? Have there been seat kills at Globe Life Field, which will be the most expensive seats? Do the Rangers know which seats do all teams have a seat kill manifest where players will be? Is everyone aware of the extra security that will be required in the stands in order to protect players from fans, not just COVID related, 
every related. Who's talking about that except on nothing personal? Is it right what Globe Life Field is doing? Absolutely, I'd be doing the same damn thing. If I have an opportunity to get some cash in now that I can use to help pay bills, I'm doing it. I'll worry about the refund later or the cancellation of the season later. I'm doing an entire new manifest and I'm releasing that manifest to the public. I'm trying to make opening day at Globe Life Field have fans. They're dealing with a lot in Texas. When we opened Marlins Park, we were all nervous. I told you the story of the logo and how much work we put into the logo, and then the logo got leaked, and everyone was despondent. They hated it. Should we change it? Should we not change it? We had emergency meetings. Couldn't change it. It takes a year to change the logo with Major League Baseball. You have to redo all the uniforms. You have to redo all the licensed merchandise. It's not going to happen. So nervous was I when Marlins Park was unveiled as it was taking shape during construction because I wanted people to like it. There was so much controversy around the financing of Marlins Park, much as there is controversy around the financing of every park that uses public money. And even those that don't, because they all do, even when they tell you they don't, they do. I taught you about the Yankees and Mets new ballparks. The claim that it was all private, but it wasn't. Globe Life Field revealed a video and they got torched. It was so awful on social media. They said it looks like a grill. They said it's not what we bargained for. When we saw the renderings, this isn't what it looked like. And now we've got the grill. Do you want some lamb chops? People were saying. Actually, I think they said steak. I'm saying lamb chops because I like lamb chops better. I had an immediate flashback to when Marlins Park was revealed and people said, my God, it looks like a spaceship landed in the middle of Hialeah. Oh my God, what is that building doing there? Funnily enough, when we were getting public financing from Marlins Park and we showed renderings, the renderings were showed to the mayor, Mayor Manny Diaz, the father of the current coach in the University of Miami Hurricanes. He looked and said, my God, it looks a little like a spaceship. Hmm. Was he leaking to the media that it looked like a spaceship? He wasn't. I'm just kidding, Manny. It does look like a spaceship. I think it's cool, though. Globe Life Field does look a little bit like a warehouse and a grill. But it's cool because it's got air conditioning. It's cool because it has a roof. Have you ever been to a game in Texas in the middle of summer? Believe me, you're the meat in that case. You're only too happy to go to that building and enjoy baseball with air conditioning and plenty of Freon. Do you think the front office is panicked about the criticism? No. I wouldn't say that I was panicked when we were criticized. I was disappointed. It's like when you build something or when you write a book or when you do a project at work and you show it to your boss. One of the scenes of a movie, one of my favorite movies, is a movie called Singles, written by Cameron Crowe, directed by Cameron Crowe with Matt Dillon and Bridget Fonda. And one of the actors is Cameron Scott, and he works actually in public transportation for a company. And he's pitching, he's a uh, consultant, and he's pitching a special commuter train in Seattle. 
He gets a chance to go to the mayor, played by Tom Skerritt. He's worked nonstop on his proposal. He's explaining to people that he's going to get, he sells the mayor, I'm going to get people out of their cars and into the train. This will help the environment. It'll help the commute time. It'll help the traffic situation. The mayor looks at the proposal over two minutes that had been worked on for months and says, people like their cars. I don't like this. And that's it. It ended. Cameron Scott goes into a tailspin. And the rest is history in that movie. When you build a ballpark, you want people to like it. You want people to like how it looks. You want people to like how it operates. You want people to like all parts of it. They are hurting the Texas Rangers organization, but they're not going to show it. They're not going to change it. They're not going to adjust it. They're going to take it. And they're going to do what they can to change the narrative, much like we did. I would tell them here, if you're watching nothing personal, the best way to change the narrative is for Lance Lynn to win a game on opening day. How is Globe Life going to have fans? I don't know. Did you know that just today, Texas is starting to shut down again because they opened up in such a way and people were so irresponsible that COVID is spiking. So they are heading back toward a shutdown. Scaling back, they're calling it. Where I'm coming to you live right now, live to tape, live to whatever. I don't know. What do I call a Coke? Can I say we're live? I don't know. I think we're live because we don't correct ourselves. We give you exactly how we tape this 45 minutes. Florida. I'm in Florida. A record new cases today on Friday, June 26th. Florida just announced they are now reclosing bars. They're heading back. Florida, a place where people forget being responsible. It's not even that. It's that there's a government who doesn't want there to be any issues anymore with COVID, wants it to just disappear. They're fighting the science and the math, but it's overwhelming. So there are steps backwards. You don't think baseball is concerned right now? You don't think basketball and hockey are concerned? Or Major League Soccer is ready to start on July 8th in Orlando? You don't think they're concerned with the Orange County spike where Orlando is? The NBA issued a release today. Unheard of. They issued a release saying, we have now tested 302 players. And we have 16 positive tests. That's great. That's 5%. No problem. No mention who the 5% are. No names. In baseball, we're going to know the names because there's a COVID list. Part of MLB's announcement today of their marketing piece said there's a COVID-related injured list. That made me laugh. I guess we're going to know. What if those players are all on the same team in the NBA? We've said the issue 25 times. We actually don't know anything other than the players who have tested positive. I ask you this. Is the NBA going to give you a press release to tell you about everybody else? Why did the NBA press release say players? What about Greg Popovich and other coaches? 
What about referees? What about people who work in the Disney hotels where the players are going to be? What about the people delivering room service? What about the people driving the bus back and forth to the arenas? Where's their positive tests or negative tests? I've said it. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm doing it. Coca, I'm doing it again. All right. Testing. You can't just test players and say that's a bubble. MLB can't just say we are testing players and we are then going to social distance and everything's going to be fine. You've got to test everybody who is in contact with players because players are in contact with people. It's not a perfect bubble. You can't say you're not going to test families. You have to. You can't say you're not going to test all the Disney employees. You have to. I want sports back. How many times do I have to say it and how differently do I have to say it? But give me a plan that is pragmatic and not aspirational. Base it on math and science, not conjecture and politics and desperation. You're going to see some changes coming. You are going to see some changes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I appreciate if you're watching this on YouTube, I want to thank you. If you've subscribed, you go to youtube.com slash nothing personal. That's where you can get this show on video and you can see the beard, you can see Wilson. If you have, in addition, it's by the way, nothing personal with David Sampson. Thank you, Coca, as he corrects me. It's youtube.com slash nothing personal with David Sampson is the exact page. If you have downloaded this, please subscribe wherever you download your pods. Please subscribe to Nothing Personal. Tell your friends about it. I appreciate that. We have a segment called So You Want to Talk to Samson. And I love this segment because I get an opportunity to answer questions that you put into my Twitter at David P. Samson, where you say, hey, I just tell me something I don't know. Are you willing to talk about X or Y? People give me their opinions, sometimes not in the form of a question, often a declarative statement. And I'll answer as many as I can at David P. Sampson on Twitter or on Instagram. Someone said, why would Amazon name the old key arena in Seattle, which is now being renovated, a full renovation, why would they put the name on the arena in a naming rights deal and not call it Amazon Arena, but call it Climate Pledge Arena. I kid you not. The new Seattle hockey team in the NHL will be playing its games in the Climate Pledge Arena. I don't think anyone said this yet, but I assume it will be known as the CPA. We've got your number. 
That's a good one, Coca. Can that be the tagline? The Seattle hockey team. We play in the CPA because we've got your number. Hey, I'm here all week. What happened here? Well, the answer is Jeff Bezos is the founder and majority owner of Amazon. He's got billions on top of his billions with a side of billions. You know all those packages that you're upset that your significant other keeps ordering and you've got to go to the door, then break down the boxes, throw out the boxes, argue about recycling, don't recycle. I got to recycle, break down the box. I don't want to break down the box. I got a paper cut for breaking down the box. There's tape. I got tape on my sock. I got tape on the floor. I got little shavings of crap all over the floor from all these Amazon packages. How do you even open the Amazon envelopes? There's a perforated edge. Just rip here, you're told. I've tried ripping here. Get a scissors. I got to wipe the scissors. Do I wipe the package? I don't want to wipe the package. It's every day. Guess who's making money? You got it. Jeff Bezos. So he decided that his plan was to start a fund. He started something called the Bezos Earth Fund and put $10 billion into it to save the planet. Then he put $2 billion more dollars, which, by the way, is about the number of packages that you all get at your homes. He put $2 billion into something called the Climate Pledge Fund. Key Arena, which is now the Climate Pledge Arena, went to Jeff Bezos, Seattle, Seattle, are you getting it? Seattle, Seattle, Amazon, stay with me, and said, we have a great idea. We need money to pay for this renovation. We need a naming rights partner. We need a revenue stream going forward into the future that we can collateralize to borrow money for the renovation, for the expansion fee in Seattle. Here's what we're going to do just for fun. Let's make this building 100% renewable electricity. Let's have zero waste. Let's have under 5% of all waste end up in a landfill. Let's use rainwater to make the damn ice. Let's do that all. Listen, Jeff, we'll do that. We'll be famous. We will be the first ever stadium of its kind. And do you know what? All you have to do is just give us the money to pay for all that. Because anyone can be climate responsible. It just costs extra money. You think cruise ships dump sewage in the ocean because they want to hurt the ocean? No, it's just cheaper. So Amazon said we got an idea. We'll give you a ton of money, but you're going to have to use some of that money in order to make this the greenest building in the history of the color. We will make the Crayola Crayon Company jealous we're going to be so green. And then we're going to remind people every day. Jeff Bezos actually said, that we want the Climate Pledge Arena to be a regular reminder of the importance of fighting climate change. Do you know what a regular reminder is of the importance of fighting climate change? How about global warming? How about the inability to breathe because of smog? How about going swimming in the ocean and running into an ocean of crap? That's a pretty good reminder. When you name a building Climate Pledge Arena, you're not reminding anyone of anything. It's going to be called the CPA if people are watching nothing personal. If not, they'll call it the Pledge. Welcome to the Pledge. Welcome to the sea. Welcome to the climate. 
We're in the Stanley Cup. It's the climax of the Climate Pledge Arena. Forget it. It's not going to happen. I love what Bezos is doing. Please don't get me wrong. However, I believe for there to be true change, there has to be education. I love that you're giving money. Believe me, I couldn't get a name and rights deal from Marlins Park. I tried. I can only get $6 million. I needed eight or 10 or 12. It's hard to get a naming rights deal. I give the Oakview Group, run by the Lueckis, I give them credit. They're doing good business in Seattle. I wish that Miami had that sort of corporate support, but it does not. I love that Bezos has decided to use his billions. The question is, how effectively will they be used? And that will have nothing to do with the name of an arena. If those billions are used to actually educate and innovate, that is our best chance. And there can't be a question anymore about climate change, can there? You've seen the pictures from space during the shutdown because of COVID. You've seen what happened to the ozone layer. You've seen what happened up in Antarctica, down in Antarctica, up in the Arctic. By the way, Antarctica is down, Arctic is up. I can't wait to watch games at the CPA. ML Beer Challenge today, it's 103. I got nothing else to tell you. I'm day 103. All right, I want to get into a wait to see right now. Wait to see is where we will tell you things that we think are going to happen. And then we will tell you whether we were right or whether we were wrong. You know, I said sometime this week, whenever you're listening to this, I don't know, last week, this week, next week, I said that MLB will not implement a schedule before June 26th, 2020. They won't do it. Today, Friday, was the day I thought they'd implement because that was the math to start a season on August 1st. I was 100% wrong. They implemented earlier in the week. That's how we have the 60-game schedule. That's how we have the discussions that we had earlier in the show. That wait to see was wrong. Well, I got one for you today. Have you ever heard of a coach named Adam Gaze? I think you have. He coached the Dolphins for a while, and now he's coaching the New Jersey Jets. Do you remember we talked about Jamal Adams, the... the uh, Oh my God, I just completely blanked. Uh, he's the coach of the Jets and Jamal Adams is a, is he a running back? What, did I not call him the New York Jets? Coco, what are you yelling at me for? Did I call him a different team? He is the coach of the New York Jets. Oh, I said New Jersey. Thank you, Coca. I'm not correcting that. It is the New York Jets. They play in New Jersey. Why I call the New Jersey Jets makes me laugh. They actually do. So Jamal Adams is a safety for the Jets, defensive back, and he wants a new deal. We talked about it earlier in the week. He's got two years left on his rookie deal. He wants to be traded. Everyone's talking back and forth. Why, why, why? Well, guess what came out? Jamal Adams and Adam Gaze do not get along. Well, that's no longer an exception. That's becoming a rule around Adam Gaze. Players when on the Dolphins had a problem with them. Now it seems players on the Jets have a problem. 
What do you do if you own the Jets? What do you do if you're the coach of the Jets and you keep having these issues around you? Well, Adam Gaze couldn't be quiet any longer. He actually had to release a quote because he's trying to protect his job so much. He came out and said, when asked, do you want Jamal on your team? Given what Jamal has said about you, he said, yes, I want Jamal on our team. It's a tough part of the business. We have to get to a place where we can get him back in the right spot and ready to go. What? That is the single worst quote. Did anyone in the New York Jets organization help him with that? Was this an interview? Was this a prepared quote? Is anyone media training Adam? Does anyone else realize but me that Adam Gaze is not going to be the head coach of the New York Jets come 2021? It's a guaranteed way to see. Adam Gaze will not win this. When you are the president of a team and you've got a problem between your coach and your player, you make a choice. If it's the best player on your team, you got to choose the player. You try to make it work, but you choose the player. If your manager or coach is the best in the business, you choose the manager and the coach and you get rid of the player if you can't get them straight. You make a decision based on who you need to keep in your organization to help your organization win more games and make more money. You think Adam Gaze has built up any sort of credibility, any sort, given his past. And I am not being personal. This is about a relationship with players that there must be a problem within that clubhouse. And if you're the owner of the Jets and you don't see it because you are the ambassador living in London, then get on a plane. If you're the GM and you're not in the clubhouse enough and you don't have a line of communication with your players, get on the Zoom. When you bring in someone like Adam Gaze, Gaze, you know exactly what his past was, and you brought him in thinking that he would be different. At the end of the day, does that actually happen? No. Wait to see Adam Gaze will not make it past 2020 because the New York Jets will realize they have a business to run, and it's nothing personal. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.